This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome to the Sticks and Stacks podcast on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar. I am your host. And today we're going to bring you the best in hockey action as the Stanley Cup playoffs continue. Joining me for that, as always, is Nate Lundy. If you'd like to give us a follow on Twitter, you can do so. I'm at S-D-R-O-T-A-R and Nate is at Nate Lundy. You can tell the two of us are super creative when it comes to Twitter handles. How's it going today, Nate? I am good, Sean. We continue to roll along with uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. We already know who one of the final four teams are. I know we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but these games have been exciting. Yeah, obviously we understand that uh, that second round for everybody, it's <laughs> kind of went pretty quick up north, and we will talk about that, but we will start Back east, the Lightning and the Hurricanes tonight. Tampa Bay has not quite a stranglehold at 3-1, to one, but it's close. The Hurricanes try to stay alive tonight. How do you see it breaking down? Well, this one is – I'm actually kind of bummed. I mean, I'm not surprised at the quality of play of Tampa. They obviously are the defending Stanley Cup champions. But, you know, Carolina was so good all season long, uh, especially at, at special teams in terms of penalty kill and, and power play. Um, and, you know, they're just running into a Lightning team that is um, just on fire right now. Um, their, their offensive performance has been solid. Vasilevsky has been great between the pipes and so you know I, I was really hoping to see a good six or seven game series out of these two just because I, I think they're two really fun teams to watch but like you said Tampa has uh, Tampa's been running away with it at this point and holds that 3-1 lead this series has been close though uh, three of the four games have been one goal games it was just the most recent the Lightning won six to four they are back in Carolina Obviously, Tampa's favored to take this game. Is that what you expect, or do the Hurricanes in this last-ditch effort have enough to make it happen? Well, I th- I think that I I will say from a from a betting standpoint, I I think Tampa closes it out. I think that as good as 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 Carolina is, I just think there's too much firepower right now on this Tampa uh, on this Tampa line, and in particular the top names that we're all uh, you know very used to in in seeing the performance out of guys like Braden Point, uh, seeing things out of Steven Stamkos. Uh, Andre Pallad. I mean, it just you go down this lineup and you just go, okay, this, this is just there's a lot of talent here on this roster, and and they're performing really well. Um, you know, that said, man, those fans in Raleigh, Sean, they're nuts. I mean, they, they're crazy at that arena, and you know, outside of um, what we've seen in Vegas with the with the crowd with the Golden Knights. I think the I think the Carolina Hurricanes have the best home ice right now. So if there's any team that might be able to feed off the energy and fend off elimination tonight, it would be Carolina for me because I just think that that fan base is going to get behind them. Uh, that arena is going to be rocking, and if they can play off of that energy. Maybe you get a couple of lucky bounces. I mean, like I said, Vasilevsky's been fantastic here in the playoffs. Uh, but maybe you get a lucky bounce. Maybe you catch him off guard. Maybe some of the power play that Carolina was so well known for during the regular season can finally come through for them uh, because it hasn't been coming through so far in this series. Um, you know, they've got to take advantage of those man uh, advantage spots. And if they can and they can play off the crowd, I think they could make it interesting. But I'll tell you, from a, from a betting standpoint, I'm on Tampa in the money line. Now, the 
Over-under line is, is five and a half. And in this series, only one of those games has gone more than six game, or six goals in the game. That was the most recent one when it broke open and there were 10 scored. Prior to that, they haven't even gotten over five. And the one game that got to five was in overtime. So I, I look at this and I'm thinking, well, wow, this seems like an opportunity to take the under. How are you looking at it? Yeah, I think you're right, Sean. I think this this feels like, um, you know, the, the, uh, there was a game um, a, a couple of nights ago that – um, it, and I think it was actually the Avs Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, where, um, you know, the over under was at five and a half. And I, I actually had taken the over and, you know, it was like two to one at the end of the first period. And you're thinking, all right, I already got three of my six that I need. And then stuff got quiet. And then the goaltenders locked down and they protected the net. Um, and you and they wound up finishing with a three to two final. Um, this game could have kind of that feel. Maybe Carolina comes out there on fire like, hey, their backs are against the wall. They're trying. Um, and this is a game that is you know one to one or even two to one at the end of the first but then things start to lock down between the pipes so i think this is a three to two type of game um and so i'm with you sean i think the way to lean is on the under all right well let's go to the next one tonight and that is the very interesting suddenly very interesting vegas colorado series now this was always expected to be a very tight series these are the best two teams in the league in terms of points colorado won the first two that was a little bit surprising but then of course they went back to vegas and vegas has won the next two they returned to colorado who's been absolutely phenomenal on home ice but right now it feels like vegas has all the momentum yeah they they really do have all the momentum sean you're you're right i mean i i think that you know game two in denver could have very easily gone vegas's way um you and I talked about that on yes. a podcast before that I, I I thought the penalty at the beginning of the overtime period was very ticky-tack um, and, and was a pretty light one for the officials to call. But that gave the Avs uh, the advantage on the power play and they wound up um, you know scoring with Rantanen and they win that game. I think it could have just as easily been 1-1 uh, going to Vegas. I'm not surprised at what Vegas was able to do at home. Spectacular team on home ice. Um, so I wasn't really surprised at what they did. I was a little surprised to not see Colorado try to do a little bit more in adjustments with their lines in game four uh, in trying to get the matchups. But that's the advantage that you have when you're on home ice. You get that final change uh, and you can get the guys out on the ice that you want. But you talked about how the abs have been at home. Sean, the Avalanche have not lost in regulation at Ball Arena since March 8th. Goodness. That is three months ago, people. That was the last time they lost in regulation. And even since then, they only have one overtime loss. And that happened towards the end of March. Now, that was against Vegas. If you look at um, uh, with like DraftKings Sportsbook or any of the books that are out there right now, right around minus 145 is where Colorado is sitting on the money line. Sean, that is the lowest home odds the Avs have had since February. They had been favored to the tune of a minus 300, minus 350, minus 320, all of these kinds of insane numbers. This is actually the tightest in terms of just straight money line odds that they have been since February. So when you look at what Colorado is at home, I think I've got to lean towards the abs now this is probably the most obvious statement in the in the history of obvious statements this is a john maddenism if you will this top line for colorado has got to pull their head
head out of their butt. Um, they have been over. Um, they've got the one power play goal, but in the last three games, Sean, they are over when playing five on five. They have got to be able to create havoc on offense, regardless of whether they've got the man advantage or not. So that top line, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog with Kale McCarr in there as well, that line has got to get going. I think they can tonight at Ball Arena, and I'm taking Colorado on the money line, but that line is the make or break for this Avs team, as you know. Yeah, this has been such an interesting series because when you look at the last couple of games, too, Philip Grubauer, of course, came in to this series playing really well, and, and he hasn't been awful. In fact, it actually looks a little worse than it's been because there have been some disastrous turnovers in the last couple of games from the Avalanche that have led to basically goals that, that no goalie on earth could have stopped. So it's not impossible to see a bounce back from Grubauer. There may be a change in some of the lines. Uh, maybe they change out a player or two. That's entirely possible but when you look at that Colorado home record and you see 22 four and two in the whole season not to mention the run you that they're on that you talked about remember that out of those four losses at home two of them are to the Vegas Golden Knights so that's what to keep an eye out for on Tuesday we'll take a look at Wednesday's action when we get back to sticks and stacks Welcome back to Sticks and Stacks. My name is Sean Drotar. Nate Lundy is with me as we take a look at the Stanley Cup playoffs. We looked at the two series that are going to be continuing on Tuesday. Now we turn our attention to Wednesday's game where the Bruins and the Islanders end up facing off. The Islanders with a 3-2 lead, but Boston, despite being on the road, favored to take game six. Yeah, you, you look at this game six, Sean, and it doesn't surprise me to see the road team um, favored because, again, you look at you know the, the game on Monday night that the Islanders won 5-4. to four. The Bruins came fighting back. I was really impressed, fr- frankly, that the Isles were able to hold them off because I thought for sure the Bruins were going to score force overtime uh, and were going to wind up taking that pivotal game five. But now we move on to game six. Um, you know, the Islanders got a road win. If you looked at the first four games of this series, Sean, which obviously play out as two in Boston and two at Nassau Coliseum, the teams had gone one and one. So the road teams have proven that they can win uh, on the opposition ice in this series because that's now happened uh, to where of the Islanders' three wins, two of them are in Boston uh, with only one at home. And so it doesn't surprise me to see Boston. Look, I've said this on the podcast before. I placed a bet before this series started that it was going to go seven games, and I think it goes seven games. So as we look ahead to tomorrow, I'm going to take Boston on that money line. I think they force a game seven back at home. Uh, They sit right now as of tape time at a minus 132. The Islanders are a plus 114. This will all come down, in my opinion, uh, to the play of Semyon Varlamov. Um, You and I are familiar with Varley because he spent some time here in Denver uh, as the netminder for the Avalanche, and Varley can be a little bit of an EKG meter, up, down, up, down. Um, And in the game uh, that we were just talking about on Monday where I thought Boston was going to come back, it was because the Bruins snuck some goals past Varlamov and made that into a much closer game towards the end than it appeared that it was going to be. Um, And so Varlamov has got to be able to stop um, those you know, I, when I'm watching it on TV, Sean, I just refer to them as BS goals, right? You just look at it and go, how the heck did that happen, right? Just something funky um, or a goaltender that gets caught out of position. Varley can absolutely not let that happen to him or Boston is going to smoke them and force the game seven. 
Yeah, I, I think you yeah, really have to look for those early goals as well yep. because that's, that's where he tends to kind of uh, make sort of the mental mistake on the early going. If you see him get through that first period, though, and puts up a zero, then it could be a long night for the Bruins or at least a very tense one coming up on Wednesday. Looking at these these three games, especially the ones on Tuesday night, looking at a potential maybe a couple players that stand out. Is there anybody in particular that you're keeping an eye on in the first couple games, the Lightning and the Canes and the Knights and the Avs? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few that I would probably look at. Um, I, I think let's talk about, um, you know, the, the captains here for a moment, um, and that would be Steven Stamkos uh, for Tampa Bay and Gabriel Landeskog for the Avs. Both of these guys um, have been, um, uh, you know, notching points. Stamkos actually has a point in three straight. He's got a point, at least a point in four out of the last five. Whereas you look at Landeskog, and this is one where I'm kind of saying this guy's due because he had a point, a minimum of a point, uh, and, and much more than that in those four games of the sweep against St. Louis. Um, but in the series against Vegas, he's had a couple of games where he's put up goose eggs. And, you know, I think, again, if the Avs can take advantage of that home crowd, I think Landis Gog um, can wind up doing the same. A couple other names that I like as we look at the Tuesday night context uh, contest, um, I always like Alex Kalorn. I, I think he's just one of those guys that becomes a forgotten name sometimes in this matchup. But he's a guy that uh, does have a propensity for either uh, providing the assist or, in fact, hitting the back of the net um, on his own. And the same thing with Chandler Stevenson. Again, I think it's really easy to sit back, as I just did, and talk about a guy like Steven Stamkos or even a Gabriel Landeskog or a Kale McCarr. But I think when we're talking about DFS or even from a betting standpoint where it's, you know, to score a point or perhaps to score a goal, sometimes, you know, going one tier below, guys that you know are out there, um, you know, maybe they are actually the the third or fourth member of a really good line um, and they wind up getting overshadowed. Well, sometimes those are the guys, Sean, that get you those assist points. Yeah, and I think when you take a look at it, trying to save a, a little bit here and there when you're looking at those DFS totals, I like to look at a guy tonight at least, one that I, I like to peek at is Sam Girard, the defenseman for the Avalanche. Uh, a very, very good skater, a pretty deft passer, and a guy that gets a little less attention than Kale McCarr, not only from DFS folks, but from the opposition as well. This might be a night to be able to sneak in with someone like Girard and get yourself oh, a couple yeah. points and, from those blue liners. And Sean, you look at you know the, the games that he's played within the playoffs. Uh, he's been out on the ice for eight of them. He's got five assists. Now, he doesn't have a goal, but he's got five assists for you. Um, and those are solid when we're talking about DFS. And, and to your point, great choice because you're not going to pay the same salary rate that you would for a Kale McCarr or somebody up top like that. Even a, you know, even a Ryan Graves can, can go into that same kind of category. And he's got a goal and five assists so far in the playoffs. Um, so you just look at some of these guys that are a little bit cheaper, uh, that can help out your roster look across uh, look across when especially when it comes to this Colorado Vegas game because there could be uh, there could be some scoring that sneaks up on us here on this Tuesday night it does feel like that may indeed be the case. Anyone in particular, I know we're looking ahead, but on Wednesday that you're taking a peek at? Well, I think for Wednesday, to me, it really comes down to that Boston top line. And I, and I know that you're going to have to, you know, what do they call it? The perfection line, right? I mean, I, right. I know you're going to have to pay for it because of the fact that they are those top guys. But at the same time, sometimes that's what you've got to do. So if I'm looking ahead uh, to what I might want to do uh, on Wednesday night with just the one game, I think it's hard to go 
away from Pasternak. I think it's hard to go away from Bergeron. If we want to dig down a little bit deeper, um, you know, a guy that has had some ups and downs in terms of overall performance um, is a guy like Jake DeBrusque, um, who's been out there for the nine games but really only has three points so far. Um, so he could be a guy that could step up and suddenly have a good game, maybe notch an assist or two for you. So that's going a little bit deeper on Boston. But again, I'm also leaning on the Bruins because I think the Bruins wind up winning the game. So I'm probably looking a little bit more if I'm trying to do some bets on the player prop side or the DFS side. I'm probably leaning towards the Bs when I'm building my lineup. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, probably the best move. I look at, at that one in particular, and I think, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and spend the money, and I'm going to grab Charlie McAvoy because he doesn't <laughs> have the name recognition of Kale McCarr. He doesn't have Victor Hedman's fame, but you know what? He's been as good as both of them over a point a game, and of course, he's got all those terrific linemates ahead of him oh, yeah. a lot of the time as well. So I like the idea of McAvoy, who has 10 assists in 10 games, to get another one tonight. So, yeah. so Nate- don't don't forget, by the way, just to just to, for people that don't pay close enough attention to it, Pasternak leads the team with 14 points here in the postseason. McAvoy is second. Second. So when you can get points out of those those blue liners, that's a good way to to get ahead of things because look, it's easy to, to go ahead and, and get the big names. It's easy when you're picking Kucherov and Pasternak and McKinnon. That that's one thing. But if you're really gonna separate yourself, you need to go ahead and sometimes get some of those points from the blue liners. So Nate, let's take a look at the next three games. Two on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. Let's take a look at simple money line over under. What are you thinking? Starting on Tuesday, lightning and hurricanes. I'm going to go with the lightning on the money line. I'll take the under on the five and a half goals in that game. For Colorado and Vegas, I will take the abs on the money line. But I might sprinkle, not a lot, but I might sprinkle something on the over in that one just in case uh, these two offenses to try, decide to kind of have a ping pong match going back and forth. Uh, then moving ahead to Wednesday, um, as I said, I like Boston to be able to uh, to force a game seven. I don't know that I've got an exact feel of what to expect from a scoring standpoint. So I think I probably would lean on the under on this one after seeing these guys score nine goals on Monday night. Um, I think I would probably lean towards a little bit more of a defensive effort, but I could be easily surprised and easily swayed to go towards that over. He is Nate Lundy. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Nate Lundy. My name is Sean Drotar. You can follow me at S-D-R-O-T-A-R. We'll be back later this week with all the best in hockey action right here at Sticks and Stacks. Thanks for listening to the Sawdust Podcast Network.